Who's your daddy? Boom, we are off another episode of Booze Your Daddy Podcast. I'm Dr. Alan Snyder, and I am here with a new friend of mine, Mr. Sir, I guess because he's coming from across the pond, Sir Ian Garcia. How you doing, buddy? I'm great, thank you. I'm not sure many people I know would give me that kind of introduction, but thanks. First, we'll start off by just kind of saying, you know, how I, how I met you. You know, you are a podcaster, just getting going in the sphere, not that I'm anything yeah. of a professional. And you were looking for people to come on your show, which we're definitely going to talk about, and to kind of talk about some serious issues in the world. And you put out this request, and I was like, hey, I, I can talk. I, I talk very well sometimes. I was very excited to get on your show, and you're like, wow, somebody from the States for the first episode. And I was like, oh, wow, pilot episode. Let's do this. That was amazing. I didn't expect that at all. I was barely thinking I was going to get anyone from here, let alone across the pond. As we got talking more and more about different things, I knew that you know you and I are probably going to develop some type of friendship. Who sees where it goes? You gave me. I love compliments. I love being complimented. And on our show around the July Fourth, you know, I started off this big British accent, and I volunteered to do my accent for you, which I'm not going to embarrass myself again. You told me it wasn't terrible. You just said you sound just like Russell Brand. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of the go-to, wasn't it? It was the go-to accent for doing a, a British accent. I guess. I mean, I can try to do the Liverpool, but that doesn't come out very well. And Actually, do you know what? You wouldn't upset many people at a minute because they're too busy celebrating their football team winning. So, Speaking of football teams, you know, if you ever want to get into an argument with uh, somebody from Europe, pretty much, or me being from the States... Just say the word football. Now, it is not a coincidence. And people who are watching this right now, because we put our videos on YouTube, it's Booze Your Daddy, B-O-O apostrophe S, Y-O-U-R-D-A-D-D-Y. I am wearing one of my favorite football jerseys. And the NFL doesn't start here in the States for another month or so. But I wore this basically just to piss you off. I'll be honest. Do you know what the funny thing is? As soon as you went to do that, just then my initial go-to was, I was going to be like, oh, what's that team? It's just a thing that's ingrained in us from what to football our end you cannot like another team you pick your team that's it you like them you love them no other team but I don't know anything really about NFL and American football so I can't slate your team this is a really weird feeling we have football teams which either if you grew up with they're going to be the team closest to where you're from if you don't have a team near you you kind of tend to root for whoever's really good. So in basketball, we have the Golden State Warriors. Everybody's a Warriors fan, all the little kids. And in football, the Patriots were really big because they were winning all the championships. And when I was growing up, the Dallas Cowboys were really good. And they're considered America's team. Don't ask why. But then when <laughs> I was... Branding. Oh, it really is. So when I was 12, we found out that the team in Cleveland, Ohio, was coming to Baltimore, which is where I'm from. Baltimore is just a little uh, north of Washington, D.C., the capital. And we got something called the Ravens because the famous poet Edgar Allan Poe is buried in downtown Baltimore. So you, I'm hoping you know the famous, the Raven, nevermore, nevermore. No. All right. What a, it's cool. I, I have no idea what people in other parts of the world know, but it's a very famous poem and it's Edgar Allan Poe wrote it. and He's buried in Baltimore. Yeah. The grave is right by where I went to school and I would walk by it all the time. And when we got the football team, we got three mascots. They were all Ravens. They were all, it was Edgar Allan and Poe. And then budget cuts one year, they got rid of Edgar and Allen. And now we just have Poe and he's our mascot. Nice. But yeah, so I wore the jersey of my favorite player, uh, it's Ed Reed. He's long retired, but he's in the Hall of Fame, an all-time great. 
great. And in the sport of American football, there's a, you know, there's offense and defense. And I guess he, he's on the defensive side of the ball and he's the guy that kind of stands all the way backwards. And he's like your last line of defense. He's your like shit yeah. really went wrong, but he's there to help yeah. you out. He was so incredible as a player. You know, the teams would throw the ball and he would catch it. It just didn't matter. He was so great. And then he could take it and run back the other way. So to put it in soccer terms, you know, he was the stopper and then he would dribble past everybody and go score a goal, which would be unthinkable in your football, right? Yeah, that's amazing. And yeah. similar here, you know, in football here, if it reaches that last line of defense, especially if it goes to the keeper and he has to save your team's butt, oh, he's going to look at that team and the rest of them have their heads over. Oh, no, we messed up. We messed up. <laughs> the line that came out of Ed Reed was two-thirds of the world is covered by water and the other third is covered by Ed Reed. Nice. He was so great at being back there. So I wanted to make sure I put this on here and... uh you know, just to be a little inflammatory, which I sure you don't hate too much. We also have here, you know, what's, when you say about allegiances, do you guys have fantasy sports? Yeah, kind of. It's called Dream Team. Dream Team. Okay. Uh, Are they big there for you guys? Uh, Dream Team, to be honest. I mean, what do you do with yours? Is, is it literally just some group of guys get together and you just do fantasy league? There's nothing really to win. Except for money. Right. right. We do it for money and we do it for pride. You know, and I am in more fantasy football teams than I feel comfortable telling you about because you'll probably call, you know, Gamblers Anonymous on me. My one major, major one is with my guy friends from college and we've had the same 12 people in the league for, God, it's got to be at least 15 years now. I mean, we really, yeah. and it's as much as the money is nice, I mean, it's all about talking shit to each other and who's oh, better. Yeah, absolutely. It's way more about that. So in our world, you have your home team, but you also have your fantasy team. So when you go out to the bars on Sundays and watch the games, you're sitting there and kind of, you know, I'm never going to root against my home team, but like, you know, they don't have to win by 100. Let the other team score. Oh, see? see, this is where you, you guys are wrong on this, right? Over here, you cannot support two teams. Not not even be like, oh, I like that team, so I'm supporting them today. No, 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 no. One team. Your right. team loses, your week weekend is ruined yeah i can see that uh, but here we don't really support the team it's more about a player that because when that yeah. player scores points you get points and then furthermore if you don't have him year to year other team allegiances change very very much and you do tend to see people tend to see people who will draft guys on their home team because i want to root for my teams but i tend to diversify my assets because if my fantasy team loses and my real team loses you want to talk about depression, man? Like, it's bad. Do you know what? I've been there because once or twice I did join those dream teams. We all do it online. Somebody I know always sets up a league every single year. And I always get the same email. You're going to join the league. and join the league this year. And the problem is after about three or four weeks, I forget to do it. I forget to trade players and things like that. And then I start falling down the rankings. But, but there's always that one person. If you're watching the game with them or something, you can tell what their team is because probably about seven, eight of their 11 players are from their team. That's a <laughs> and lot. Then, yeah. And then you've got other ones that will sit there having all different players, all different teams. And you know their team they support, but secretly in their head, if their team's losing and they, their team, their real team's got nothing to really lose in the league, but their fantasy team is winning because the team they're playing against is beating them, they're secretly like, great. Yeah, I mean, oh, of course. Oh, oh terrible. <laughs> so the only other thing I want to wrap up on sports is the, the there is something that we talk about here. There was a, a, a documentary on once and they always said the most interesting thing in the world is to talk about your own team. And the least interesting thing is to hear about anybody else's. 
I, 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 just, I just don't care. You could even be in my league. I don't want to hear about your stupid team. I just don't. I mean, who wants to hear about that team? Exactly. So we've been talking way too long without having any refreshments right now because the name of the podcast is Booze Your Daddy, B-O-O apostrophe S. But the play on words is that, bro, I like drinking beer. It's about booze. I will defer to you before I crack my beer because you showed me something when we were just signing on to this that is quite oh, yeah. impressive. Oh, yeah. You're going straight to me, are we? So I brought along this, and I just happened to come across this. I don't know what this is like at all. This is a 10% fat brewery from Denmark. I mean, it's a liter can as well. I don't know what size your cans are normally, but this is a liter. No, ours are, you know, normal cans for us are, you know, the 12 ounce cans. And then we have bottles sometimes that can be like a pint of 16 ounces for us. Yeah. The only thing that gets bigger than that, that anybody would get regularly is Foster's beer. It's that oil can, we call it. It's like keg. It, it's it's getting close to it. So that's your beer. I'll just tell you what I got here. So because it's summer, I have a five boroughs brewing company, Summer Ale. Uh, it's not too, it's a 5% alcohol. It's something that's meant to be more refreshing. Oh my God. Exactly. People, people who aren't watching this, he just gave me this look like 5%, you little wuss. You little wanker, you. <laughs> because the beer he has is this massive can that I'm going to post pictures on our Instagram of your, and it is black as night can this leader I'm, you, I'm not representing britain here just for anybody out there this is not what we drink on the regular oh but you guys are notorious for being bloody drunk and drinking and all that stuff that's like part of the culture yeah. there all right and i also wanted to drink this because i tried to think how much those people have to drink yeah especially well one of those cans definitely i uh so the beer i got here is called five burrows and i didn't know if you knew this but in new york five burrows is kind of how we describe the different places people think new york city you know, is Manhattan. Now, Manhattan is one of the boroughs, but we also have Brooklyn and Queens and uh, Staten Island. I guess people consider that as well. Yeah. Whatever. So those are the five boroughs. I'm going to crack open my beer. Beautiful. Best sound on earth. Nice. I'm expecting an explosion on this one. Are we ready? That was a little bit wimpy. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Oh my God. He is so classy. He's pouring it into a, a some type of glass right now. God, you guys, like, come on, man. It's not fair. You got the accent. You're so classy. You're so refined. You're so polite. Americans are such trash. I mean, I'm trash. I'm drinking a beer out of a can sitting here right now. You know what's really funny about that, though? Where I come from in Britain, I am not classy. That is not a classy area. With my area, which is Essex, we are joked about. Really? Yeah, a lot of cockney comes out of there. You see the cockney accents on some of the gangster films? I could do a good cockney accent there for you, governor. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a sip of beer after here. There you go. Do it. So the other thing that we bonded on on the first time we were talking, because I pride myself in trying to know flags around the world. And when you said you were from Wales, I immediately know the Welsh flag because you have probably the coolest flag that it's the dragon on the thing. And I'm, yeah, it's, it, it is really, really, I, I think my flag America is beautiful. I think it's classy, but if you wanted to give me a flag that looks like you're in House Targaryen, which was the joke I made on your podcast, yeah. your your girlfriend, she she was hysterical. She's like, oh, this guy's great. I was very proud of that. And the, the best part of that conversation was you called her your partner, which then we had this little back and forth, like, well, what would you say? My mate, my partner? Uh, because here, partner, like I told you, usually means you're t either in business together or you are of the same gender. Then I think you said your mate. And I was like, no, that means you put a ring on it. You know, and that is not the yeah, case. Yeah, partner. I said partner or other half. That's oh, other half. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. You said other half. And yeah. I was like, oh, well, unless you have a ring on it, I don't know if that's really a part of it. So then we decided on girlfriend. But I love the, the back and forth translations. One of my favorite. Do you guys, do you 
ever watch Family Guy? Do you guys have that? Oh, I love it. Love Family Guy. I'm just going to go for it because I'm repeating a scene from there and it always kind of cracked me up. There's a scene, Peter and the gang, they go down to the, the clam, that's the bar, and then it gets bought by a British guy who then turns it into a, a pub and Peter walks in and he's so upset about all this. And they're sitting there and they're kind of getting all grumpy about the words and the terms. And, you know, I think Quagmire goes, you know, in Britain, they call cigarettes bags. Peter goes, yeah. well, oh, these, okay. yeah. well, somebody needs to get these cigarettes out of my bar right now. <laughs> and it is so classy. Now, I don't use that word ever to describe anything, a cigarette or anything else. But that scene has just always stuck with me, just the, the translation of terms that we have. You know what's even better? When you get to the end of that cigarette, we call that a fag butt. Yeah, that's pretty good. Now that you've become an amateur podcaster, I mean, you're definitely an amateur because you are great at what you do. I think your platform and your podcast, which I want you to talk about, is really cool. You told me when we were kind of talking for today that you've, you're kind of a, a master of everything. You're really a whore when it comes to starting businesses. And I wanted to hear more about that because you told me that at one point you were a, or you still are a candle maker. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything. Baker, candle maker, candlestick maker, all that stuff. It's such a coincidence because I have on coming up a friend of mine who is getting to start her own candle business. I guess she already has started. So I am curious to hear more about that and specifically any time that maybe something didn't go exactly according to plan. Oh, there are quite a few of them. I mean, yeah, I mean, my second business really was the candles. I mean, first of all, I did what basically everybody does that classes themselves as like an entrepreneur where they go online is they make t-shirts and do their own designs. It's 90% of people do it. You make a bit of money off it and hopefully you can do something else. Oh, wait, you make Uh, it to make money off it because here we call it swag, you know, stuff we all get and it's more for promotional, like you give it out. Oh, no, 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 no. No, if I, if I did, I always, I grew up on the term of if it doesn't make money, it doesn't make sense. Now I'm getting a bit, I say it like I'm getting old now, but as I get a bit older, um, I do it less for the money a little bit and more just for the enjoyment of it, which is why I'm doing the podcast. I really enjoy it. I love the conversation, but the candles is great because I just, I came up with this idea for like design and I've always been quite simplistic with it. And um, I, I managed to make a few, I just did it actually. I'll tell you so how it started was I was watching The Apprentice. You've got The Apprentice over there, haven't you? Yeah. Do you know who the host of The Apprentice is here? Or at least was? Oh, you're, you're uh, Mr. Chief. It's a chief of, chief of staff, Mr. 45 himself. People here, I, I live on a very li- liberal part of Manhattan, and I have patients that won't even say his name. They literally come in and say, oh, do you mean 45? Because he's the 45th president. And I go, yeah, can you not say his name? They're like, oh, no. I'm like, okay, it's like Voldemort. Like, you can't say the name in front of people. Do not say it. <laughs> so, yeah, so we, we have The Apprentice, but I think it might have been changed since, because I know they had Arnold Schwarzenegger hosted at one point. I don't really watch it. So he'll be your next president then? No, he can't, because one of the rules here is you have to be, we have two rules to be president, re- really, just two. You have to be over the yeah. age of 35, and you have to be a natural-born American citizen, which is why Obama got some grief, because, you know, yeah. him having a Muslim name, people came out and they were like, well, he's not born here. Show us your, and actually it was Trump, it was like, show us your papers, show us your document your documents it was it was a big thing which was absurd but anyway tell me about the apprentice so the apprentice i actually didn't know um when i used to watch it because i loved it i didn't know it actually started in the u.s i had no idea i was watching it and they did an episode where they were making candles and you know you normally watch it just for the comedy value of are oh, they're making such a mess of this it's brilliant i love it car crash tv they did a horrible job and i i was at my mom and dad's at the time and i just turned to her and said it was only when they said how much they were sending it for it's like 50 quid or 50 pounds for like um you know a whiskey tumbler size uh, glass quitted quid and uh, pounds are the same quid, quid pounds same thing the uh a whiskey size 
glass candle, fifty pounds. And I could, I was, I turned around to my mum at the time and she went, "That's ridiculous. There's no way." And she said, "Oh yeah," and she started spouting off names of companies saying they'll sell it. And I went, "I could do that." And she did the worst thing. She looked at me and went, no, you couldn't. And I just went, I went, oh, I'll show you. I'll show you that. I literally stopped watching the program, went upstairs, started researching a few things, bought some materials that night. I kind of half forgot about it a couple of days later and all the stuff started coming in. And I was just like, oh, I'm going to have to prove it now. Uh, so I made a few and I started sending them online to these high rise buildings in London and stuff like that. And I thought, oh, there might be something here. And I would send them at a good half the price. But I knew because I was hand making them, when you've got more time to make them, you can make them cheaper. But yeah, I started sending it, then started sending a few locally. But opened up my own shop last year. Uh, the year before, actually, I closed it end of last year just because it was like a testing ground to see what happened. Luckily, I did because of everything that's happened now. Oh, seriously. I literally closed it about two months before it happened. That was bonkers. I couldn't believe the time in it. That led me on to other things. I've actually, because I went out and started doing the artisan markets, which I never used to go to. I think they're great. I love the whole handmade thing now. I think it's brilliant. I used to think, oh, why would I spend money on that when I get it cheap online? And then it breaks the next week after you've bought it and you have to go and get a proper one anyway. And now I see the effort, the time and the quality that goes into this stuff. I'm like, why was I doing this in the first place? So from doing that, and I saw how people were suffering, I've made another thing now called United Artisans UK. It's listed by towns. Every town in the UK will have a list of all their local producers. And you can literally click on that person's name. It takes you directly to their website. Ugh, you're so, you're such a do-gooder. Like You're just helping too many people out. This, well, this is what I, I had some people say to me, are you sure it's free? Like there's no hidden cost. I'm like, no, it's nothing. I'm literally shouldering the cost of this. I mean, it helps me because I have my stuff on it. So I'm helping everybody else because I know how hard up they are. Because a lot of people sell through the cracks when all this happens. And then when they go back to these markets, people will see them in the market and go, that's great. But what do I do when I leave here and I can't get hold of them? Well, you can't. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, we're definitely going to put your, your website in our bio and everything afterwards. I, I really love the fact that your, your, your mum kind of challenged you. You know, I'm a doctor of physical therapy. I can almost trace my success back to a day. I think it was in about 10th grade. I, I didn't have my driver's license. Yes, my mother drove, was driving me to school and I said, I'm going to get straight A's this year. And she goes, sweetheart, just just do the best you can. And I was like, you son of a bitch. I will prove to you. And that was the first. You know what? For better or worse, my mother has given me blind confidence my whole life. Now, she is extremely proud of me. But at the same time, if I was flipping burgers somewhere, she would be telling her friends that I'm the best burger flipper. Now, you could make the argument that that's probably better than somebody who's out there just constantly shitting all over their kids. Like, why don't you do this? Why aren't you that? So I do give her a lot of credit. But at the same time, I remember that was the moment that kind of changed my drive in life. And I went, I almost got straight A's that first quarter. I think I got like a B or two. But then from there out, I was fire the rest of school. I mean, it was really, and it started off as like a, I'll show you. So I think just having that in our lives, sometimes it's good. I mean, you don't want to beat somebody down forever, but a little bit of negativity can go a long way sometimes. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Sometimes you need a fire lit up on the, don't you? It's, it's absolutely. Now, you had kind of told me a little bit of a story before uh, as far as candles go, because when it comes to scents, S-C-E-N-T-S, everybody has their preference. You know, I use in my office a lavender cleaning solution. Nine out of 10 people will 
asked me, wow, this, this smells really good in here, that lavender. I get one person every couple of weeks that will just tell me, please do not spray that in front of me. The smell is so repulsive. And I'm like, it's beautiful. It's lavender. It's an aphrodisiac. Not that I'm trying to oh, do that. Could you slate it? Exactly. I want to hear your story about the time that a scent went wrong. Uh, yeah, it wasn't all um, sort of sweetness and roses with the, the candle business. Not everything was a success. There was one shop that I was supplying and they loved the fragrances. They thought they were great and a few of them sold very quickly. And then they asked me, like, could you do a strawberries and champagne? And I think they wanted a bit of a play because the Wimbledon was on as well. So they did think strawberries and cream, but it was too sweet. So we did strawberry champagne. I was making, like, I make them in big batches. So I'm getting huge whiffs of these fragrances and it smelled fine to me. And then I took it to the shop. They smelled it and they said, yeah, that's really great. And that's what we're after. So they put one on their display as like a, a demo. And this customer walked in apparently and just said, oh, oh, what's that? It smells like baby sick in here. And she, she calls me about it and I was just, I was so embarrassed. I couldn't believe it. I thought that, no, not one of mine, surely. She never bought it again. I took it off the sheet as well for people to buy it. I was like, I can't have that on the shelf. Oh, I love it. Baby, yeah, it baby sick. So vomit yeah. is what we're talking about. Throw up. Wow, that's, yeah. really, that's really funny. I do one called a newborn as well that is actually baby powder, which people love. They yeah. love that smell. But uh, baby sick, nah, not quite so popular. For me, the smell of a baby, anytime I see a new baby, I mean, I don't do drugs, but I go up to the baby's head and just put my nose on it and just take a huge, oh my God, that's, that smell of a baby is just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Do that, you know, you get people that walk up to the kids, like, first of all, they make sure that the parent's happy for them to smell their baby. But they do walk up to these people, they say hi and everything, and then they just go to the baby and smell its head. I'm like, what are you Oh, okay. I do it mainly with babies I know. <laughs> for the most part but it, it's like walk up to some random person's baby <laughs> I mean, we have people here especially in New York City that walk their dogs all the time and I have a friend uh, her name is Kate she loves dogs so much she will stop anybody and what you you can't just pet a dog here because it'll bite your fingers off but you say can I pet your dog because it's more of a is it safe to do it but it's also a consent thing everything's about consent so I guess it's kind of funny maybe when I when I finally make the trip over to uh, to England I will make sure I can stop a baby on the street and smell it but when is a dog I can't help myself I don't even ask half the time I'm already looking at the dog like oh come here come here wait so you're you're a dog person because you know I I love dogs yeah but you know I get a lot of grief because I despise cats and when we recorded your podcast I didn't know that there was a cat sitting right in front of the camera I am so allergic to cats and I hate them so much and everybody always goes but it's like a dog cat it's really a dog and I'm like I don't freaking care I would have never agreed to do your podcast if I knew there was gonna be a cat near the camera or anything no was it that that bad did you keep looking down like oh oh Uh, a little bit. Yeah, I'm surprised I didn't start sneezing over the internet. That's how bad my allergies to uh, kitty cats are. You want to test it out now? She's on the cushion. She's ready for my podcast in a little bit. No, no, thank you. The other thing you said in here kind of recently before we move on to the last part of the show is you said The Apprentice started here in the States, which you were kind of surprised about because most of the time we just copy from other places. But Apprentice has grown and there's all types of who wants to be a millionaire. My question I was going to ask you actually at the end anyways, I'm assuming you've seen The Office, whether the UK or the British version, or maybe you've seen both. I've seen the UK one. I haven't seen, although I've heard actually great things about it. It's it's pretty good. It is the office here. Steve Carell does a fantastic job. I have seen both versions. Ricky Gervais does a better job. He is fantastic, but Steve Carell makes the part his own. It's very similar. I think with our version of The Office, the supporting cast is far better than the UK yeah. version. But if you made me, gun to my head, made me pick, I think Ricky Gervais does an incredible job on The Office. And it, as much as I want to appreciate Steve Carell, because he really does a great job, 
he is kind of copycatting what Ricky Gervais did. The same thing, just to relate over to a different country, isn't it, really? A lot of places do it. I think what you said, though, is, is perfect for it because it'll only work if it actually does it slightly different. If you try and do it in exactly the same way, it won't work because it's a very different culture. Exactly. But yeah. The supporting cast in your one uh, was better. There were probably more, there was probably more character to them. Yeah. Whereas our ones, they were very flat and a lot of the things they did were very subtle, which is kind of Ricky Gervais. He, he likes to be the... The ego of the show, in a way. So it, I get what you mean by that. Ricky Gervais is such a genius. I don't know if you saw the award show that he hosted. God, was it last year or earlier? But he had a line there where, he, I mean, he just went up and roasted Hollywood. It was oh, fantastic. He's, and when he, he's brutal. I love it. It was love great. The when he turned to the audience and he was saying how, how you guys, you know, you're anti this and anti that. He goes, meanwhile, if Al-Qaeda started a production company, you'd all send your resumes. And I yeah. lost it. I was like, I used to get your agent on the phone and stuff. I was like, oh, my God. And he's turning around to him as well. We all think, shut up, shut up, just because you're friends with him. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> The other thing that I always do on our show is I've always been into playing trivia. And I don't know if you even knew this, but I prepared a couple of trivia questions for you. There's no harm, no foul. I try to make these questions gettable for our listeners. So some actually might be a little too easy for you. Don't you do that. Don't you lull me into that full sense of security. Don't do it. All right. Question number one. Can you name the countries that make up the United Kingdom? Oh, okay. So England, Scotland. Wales, or is it Northern Ireland? Northern, Northern Ireland is the correct answer. So, boom, you got all yeah. four. Uh, so, it's Northern Ireland, which is a different country. Now, something when I was looking this up that I didn't actually know, I usually can get those four. Uh, the acronym is the COMPASS, North, South, East, West. So, that, that'll anybody listening to this will never now forget that. It's always N-E-W-S, and now you'll never forget that. So, very good. I, I give you credit. One for one. You got it. Number never two. shredded wheat. Never eat shredded wheat, yes. Which is why news is... It's north, south, east, west. But yeah, uh, no, ah. that's why where they get the term news is from north, east, west, south. I had that sudden realization, then a sudden embarrassment that I didn't know that. That's okay. You learned something today. Question number two. I don't want. I'll give you a range if you need it. How old is the queen right now? I'll give you plus or minus two. Um, oh God knows, eighty nine. But oh, is it older than that? Correct answer is 94, 94. Oh. So that's okay. If anything, I've complimented her. So I said she's looking good for her age. Exactly. You're, well, you're welcome if you're watching. If you're, I was just going to say, if you're watching, <laughs> if, this, if this ever makes it to her granddaughter's ex-boyfriend's uh, butcher's yeah. cousin, like that would be the hey, highest. Don't, don't downplay yourself. We're doing public relations here for our country. There you go, <laughs> man. They're doing a terrible job over there. All right. Question number three. Here in the States, a lot of our cities have nicknames. Um, I'm not going to test you on those, but just quickly, Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love. We have New Orleans is the Big Easy. Now, when I was looking up some things over by you, I was curious if you knew the city that is called the City of Dreaming Spires. If you don't know, let me at least give you some hints because I didn't know what a spire was, so I had to look that up. So a spire is a pyramidical structure on top of a building. So there is a city, I think it's in England, that is just all these beautiful buildings and pyramids and structures and something. And maybe I'm an idiot this is not even a big thing, but when I was looking up UK trivia, this popped up. Any guesses? It's a city in England. No, you got. I'm thinking southern England. I couldn't tell you anything north or south. <laughs> I'll give you. A, I'll give you a hint. It starts with a vowel. I can't think which what it would be. No guesses. No, you got me. No. All right. It is Oxford. Oh, they're so high and mighty. <laughs> I have. I have no idea. So for me, I was just like, okay, sure. Maybe this is not a thing. I have no idea. I would be surprised if anybody listening to this from my end would know that. But you know what? 
I don't care. Question number four. I need you to name the famous monarch who coined the phrase, I see, but say nothing. I looked it up a couple of times. Some One time it was, I see and say nothing, but a famous monarch who coined that phrase. Would it be cheating if I Googled it? Yeah, it would actually be cheating. How many How many, peop- how many monarchs do you think I could even name right now? I'd be like, I don't know. I have no idea. Guess, guess somebody. Somebody that was a king or queen. Oh, a monarch. King George the... Okay, I would have given you credit just for King George, but it turns out it was Queen Elizabeth the first. No, oh. I, I was going to say one of the Elizabeths, and I chickened out. You, sh- you should have said it because I would have given you a full yeah. point for one of the Elizabeths. Yeah, because you're nice like that. You would have given me that one. I would have. So the last question, which I think you should get, is what year did World War One end? Otherwise known as the Great War. Here in America, we try to be like World War. You know, do you know Americans wear a stupid, stupid shirt that says "Back to Back World War Champions"? It's really, wow. it's really kind of rude. The Great War was way more about you guys, and they've made a bunch of movies in the last couple of years about it. Any guesses of what year the World War One ended? I'll give you plus or minus two here. So just come within two years. See, you caught me off guard because you said World War One, and I was thinking World War Two because that's the one we always get taught. Uh, World War One. They literally, they just put a movie out. I felt comfortable giving you that question because I actually sat and wasted so much time watching that movie. Have you seen it? I have. I think Was that the one that was shot almost all in one take? Almost all in one take. And if people want to talk about that movie, it is one long take. It is beautiful cinema. It is not a good movie, though. I'm sorry. That's one of those, if you see in the theater, it's better than anything else. It had nice little details and intricacies, but it was all about the shot, wasn't it? It was. And so my girlfriend works in film TV industry. So the whole time she is just Googling it. And apparently the the longest scene that didn't get cut was like nine minutes because you know that they were editing people in and out of that stuff. And the cameos were fantastic. The fact that they had, you know, Colin Firth and Benedict Cumberbatch and Rob Stark, whatever his real name is, I don't care. But they didn't make big deals with them, did they? I like it when they do that. I like it when they, they bring people in that clearly a big name, big face and whatnot, but they don't make a big deal of it and they just let it go and use them as part of the film. It was almost like a cameo, which is pretty cool, but it was bigger than a cameo because they had a full scene, I guess, which was, that was really nice. So, all right, man, uh, you you did pretty good. I still think you're going to do better than most of my friends who listen to this. So before we wrap this up, I want you to tell everybody uh, the name of your podcast, the name of some of your websites, whatever you're doing, just here's your time to plug. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you. Um, so at the moment, uh, the candles aren't available in the US, but they will be soon. And that's lolacandles.co.uk. They're all pure soy wax handmade. I make everything single one. My other website is unitedartisansuk.co.uk. It's in support of all UK artisans. So if you ever need to buy something for somebody you know in the UK, go to their website through us and you'll be supporting somebody local. That's brilliant. And the podcast that I'll be doing tonight as well, live every time, is the IGA podcast where we talk about anything and everything, free speech, non-censorship, that we might be taken down soon ourselves, but uh, we have fun doing it. And I've got somebody quite controversial on tonight, actually, which would be fun. Ian, thanks so much for coming on, man. It was a great pleasure having you. I'm going to be posting this. Uh, Everybody who's still listening, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, TikTok, Twitter, we put everything out there. Hey, man, stay safe, stay smart, say hi to your other half for me. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. This has been great. I love your show. All right, dude, thanks so much. We out. We out.